I want the Lord to help us and encourage us through his word tonight. Hebrews 11 and 6, but without faith it is impossible to please him, for he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Would you say amen to the word? Amen. You may be seated. When you mention faith, everyone, I'm sure in this room, has some sense of what that can mean and should mean in their lives. And when we look at how it plays out, faith is certainly more than just something we say. It shows up in how we trust God in every aspect of our lives. Faith transforms our lives so that we become what God wants us to be. Even our salvation, it is by grace through faith. Amen? And thank God. And I'm amazed when I think about the fact that my ability to even trust the Lord so that he can save me requires that he give me the faith that I need. That measure of faith that we have to trust God, to follow him, is a gift that he gives us. And then as we're living for God and serving him, leaning on him, trying to honor his, his purpose, we find out constantly, I won't, I won't be able to do this without faith. And sometimes we're like the man in the New Testament, and Jesus had given him a wonderful word of encouragement. He said, look, if you can believe, all things are possible to him that believeth. And his response to that was, Lord, I believe, help thou my unbelief. Because even in his life, he said, you know, I'm a believer. I mean, that's fine. I'm not doubting whether or not there's a God, whether or not there's a purpose he has for my life. But what you're starting to show me that the, the fact that God can even do more than I've ever seen, that miracles can take place, that God's purpose can flow. I want that, and give me the faith I need to experience that. And that's not a bad prayer request. There's nothing wrong with saying, God, give me the faith I need to experience what you want to do in my life. He'll do that for you. Amen? God, give me the faith I need so that I can walk in the Spirit and, and do your will and honor your purpose and every wonderful blessing that God has for us. I want to experience those things. I want to see the promises of God in my life, and yet the very simple truth is without faith, it is impossible. So I want faith. We used to say faith, 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 just a little bit of faith. You don't need a whole lot. Just use what you've got. And the reality is you really don't need a lot of faith, but you need to take the faith you have and use it. Put it in God, his word, and his promises. Faith is rewarded with the promises of God coming to pass in our lives. We've talked about this recently, that our faith comes as the word of God and his presence begins to work in our lives, and we receive a revelation of who God is and what he wants to do, his nature, his his character, that, that's revealed to us. For instance, you begin to experience the love of God, and faith begins to rise in your heart. He loves me. He's, he loves me unconditionally. He's going to love me no matter what, and I'm going to walk in his love. You begin to experience his power, and you see God heal, and, and that should allow you to go ahead and check another box in your mind that says, you know what, God is a healer. And so every time I face a circumstance where there's a need of healing, something should begin to move in my heart that says, wait a minute, the character of God has been established through his word and even through my experience. God is a healer. Amen. And, and let me just 
linger here just for a moment. If you've ever struggled in your walk with God and you've come back into his presence and begun to pray and say, Lord, forgive me and just restore and renew a right spirit in me and help me to be uh, renewed in my sense of purpose. If you've ever had that kind of prayer meeting and felt the strength of the Holy Ghost as you were renewed and refreshed and God began to work in your life, you know what will happen the next time you need that kind of touch? It ought to be in your spirit. Go ahead and look back and say, look at that. God has already proven to me he does forgive sin. He does restore. He does renew. That's why I can have confidence as I seek him. Amen. And so there should be growing in our heart more and more faith as we receive more and more of a revelation of who God is and what he has done. And it helps us to believe that God will even do more and more. Hebrews chapter 6, verse 12. I know we quoted this last time, but the apostle writes, or the writer writes in Hebrews and says, listen, be imitators, be followers of those who through faith and patience inherit the promises. You survey even your own life and interactions with people that maybe live for God and then maybe some that, that struggle in their faith. And the Bible is making it clear, yes, there are different examples. And sometimes there are examples of faithfulness, sometimes examples of faithlessness. What he is saying is, listen, you imitate those people that who through faith and patience have learned to receive God's promises. I would say it this way, and, and not to, I thank God for everyone that claims this is their church home, but if you're in, interacting with someone, whether it's here or someone else, and, and somewhere else, and you find inconsistency, and none of us are perfect, but you may find inconsistency. I believe what the writer is saying, don't follow those who are not faithful, follow those who are faithful. I believe that. I believe the writer is saying, even as you look at a world where there may be elements in the world that say, listen, there's no God. His spirit isn't real. His power isn't real. Don't get caught up in that. Identify those who are experiencing the power of God and imitate that. Praise God. In fact, it ought to be something where we start saying, you know what, if I will worship, my worship can influence someone else. If I will pray, my prayer can influence someone else. If I will give, my giving can influence somebody else. If I will be steadfast and faithful, God will use me so that someone else can follow my example. Praise God. The Apostle Paul said it this way, follow me as I follow Christ. Amen. And so that's the heart of a believer that says, God, I trust you. I want to do your will, and my faith is growing, and I am exercising my faith so I can experience your promises in my life. God has a purpose for your life, and that purpose is experienced as you walk and live by faith. The more you exercise your faith, the more it will grow. Amen. The more you use it the more it will grow. The more you involve yourself in what God is doing, the more you will experience God's power working in your life. That's why I've told you before, when you have the opportunity to pray, even some of our youngest students, I've seen them pray for others. You know what's exciting about that? They're not walking around just having left a big crusade where their name was on the marquee. They're just a young person, but what they are learning is even as one of the youngest students, I can pray and God will work. We need that. 
The world needs that. I'm going to just kind of delve into this here a little bit and just see if I can maybe score an amen or two. (laughs) Because it matters when you begin to identify God's purpose and you are the one that he's using. That's not for you to step back and say, wow, look at me. It's for you to step back and say, look, God can use even me. That ought to fuel our faith and We begin to say, if God's done it once, he can do it again. And so we begin to move and operate with a boldness and and with a sense of authority. And you begin to pray prayers that you are confident God will answer, not because of you, but because of God, because of his power. Can I say to you, we're not doing anyone a favor if we come before them and we want to encourage them, and yet our faith is not really in God. You go to pray for somebody, I guess you're in the spot tonight, and you're just like, oh, God, oh, God, I just wish you. There ought to be in your heart an authority that flows because of your experience with the Lord, your understanding of his word and his character, and you can pray a prayer of faith. And you begin to say, God, I pray in the name of Jesus, by the authority of the word of God, that healing would come to this life. And I believe you, Lord, to do it. And really, you say, well, does it have to be intense? I will say this. The scripture says the effectual Fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. And so whatever represents fervent in you needs to be fervent if you want to see God do a work. And so you come again, and he says, listen, I need something to happen, and there's a situation on my job, and there's a situation. Let's kind of fast forward. In my marriage, now you're just really scared. I never wanted to be married this young, obviously. But you find somebody in that kind of circumstance and you begin to pray fervently and God begins to work. You can pray with boldness and with authority, not because you have power, but because God has got all power. And we begin to work and operate in faith. I know I told you last time, but just by way of review, when you do that and God heals, you give him the glory. When you do that and God doesn't heal, you don't panic. You pray again. You say, God, have your way. I'm believing you to heal. I'm believing you to deliver. This is the way I described it. Let me just say it one more time. In other words, his nature is that he is a healer, which means every time somebody has a sickness, I can go to the God who is a healer and believe that he will heal because he has done it millions of times, and that's where my faith is. Amen. You, you know, you get a call tonight and everything's upside down and maybe there's a need for something in the way of a miracle financially or a door that needs to open. And you begin to pray. Do not pray out of fear. Don't pray out of panic. Pray a prayer of faith. Says, God, I know because you've done it for me and you've done it for other people, you are a provider. I understand that your word has made it clear. My God shall supply all my need according to his riches and glory. And so, Lord, when I come to pray right now, I'm not praying because I deserve it. I'm not praying because I earned it. I'm not praying because I'm better than anybody else. I'm praying right now because I have all always known you to be a provider so provide for my friend provide for his family provide for their home provide what only you can provide praise God without faith it is impossible amen and you have people that get so wore out and frustrated and disappointed God doesn't ever answer my prayer faith in God It's in his nature. 
It is who he is, and we should operate by faith in him. If he's done it before, he will do it again. It may not be the same way because he's God. He's not limited. He's not like us. We are limited. We're going to do the same thing the same way probably most times. It's the only way we know to do it until somebody teaches us another way. We'll try that if we think it will be more effective. God is the same yesterday, today, and forever, but he does not have to operate the same way. He didn't make them march around every city that he gave them victory, but he gave them victory every place that he had promised to give them victory. I'm not going to tell God how to do it, but I'm going to believe him that he will answer. Amen. So we have to have faith. 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse number 12. 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse number 12. If we suffer, we shall also reign with him. If we deny him, he also will deny us. If we believe not, yet he abideth faithful. He cannot deny himself. So we have to recognize who God is will never change. His character who he has determined to be. He is the great I am. He can be whatever he needs to be in every circumstance and situation. All I need to do is believe in him. Now, there are things that we experience that cause us to feel uh, doubt and fear and sometimes confusion. And so one of the biggest challenges we have is learning to trust God. Learning to trust God. Why do I have to trust God? Because when I'm not sure what God is doing, it's trust fueled by faith that will position me to experience the promise of God. I have to learn to trust him. Trust him when I'm not sure how he's going to prove his faithfulness in this situation. I think I told you last time, we've mentioned it a couple times, in fact, you have to realize that part of what you're experiencing in much of your life is will you be faithful even when you're not full of faith? Will you be faithful even when you're just riding on empty? I don't know how I did it today, but today I put 15.6 gallons of gas in a car. And I'm certain it's not an SUV. I'm certain that's got to be about the max that you can put in a car. I did that at the gas station which was a great relief, not having walked to the gas station to get the thing and go back. And, do, and I realized, you know what, this is no way to live. Because the first time that the little light went off early yesterday, something was going, and I just couldn't stop. And then later in the afternoon, I was headed somewhere, and I couldn't stop. And, and then last night, when it's late, you get done what you're doing, you, it's late, it's after 11, I was leaving here in town, headed home, I'm like, well, I don't want to go now. If I go to the gas station, they're closed, that'll be a mess. So I cut talking myself into more and more of a need of a miracle. So, well, thank God this morning, 15.6, that cannot, I don't even know if it holds 15.6. I guess it does, but it was, that's the first time I've ever seen that number. That's a, I've gotten to 14 high and maybe 15 low, but 15.6 was a special thing for me. Can I just explain why I would say that to you? Not just to fill time, but just to say to you, there are times when your faith is low. There are times when there's no reason for you to believe anything else of any value is going to happen. Just because you're weathered, you've dealt with circumstances, you've endured some situations, but we have got to allow our minds and our hearts to focus on 
God and his faithfulness and how he has always proven himself over and over and over in our lives. And here is the thing that I would like for you to begin to say and understand and believe. What God is going to do in my life, it is not about me because of my goodness, because of my faithfulness, because of my power, because of my strength, because of everything I am. That wasn't the case when he saved you. It wasn't the case in the early days of your walk with him, and it is not the case now. God does not have to work with your power. He just needs you to believe in his power. He doesn't have to work with your strength. He just needs you to believe in his strength. He doesn't need so much what you bring to the table, and yes, we give him our all, but he does need us to believe that he'll take whatever we give him, and he will do what we cannot do. We have to have faith in Whatever you're doing, whether it's involved in your work, in your life, in your family, in your ministry, certainly, if it's involved in trying to reach our community and be a blessing to those around us, we must have faith in God. Live like you believe in God. Worship like you believe in God. Pray like you believe in God. Be a witness of what God has done in your life like you are a believer. Amen. You know, God gives us his power. And I, I, I think maybe this is one way that I could say it to you. If, if we were out here on Lancaster Avenue just standing there for whatever reason and we saw two cars have an accident and hopefully everyone's fine, but the police come by and they start looking for witnesses. And if you're standing there and you say, well, yeah, I saw the whole thing, but I really don't want to talk about it. That's going to create challenges for you. If it's serious enough, I think it might lead to obstruction of justice because they need witnesses, and you're standing there saying, well, I know, but I really don't, I'm not comfortable talking about it. And there are situations people, well, I don't want to get involved. That's, you know, he said, you shall receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and ye shall be witnesses. And what is it if we're not careful? Well, I know he's good. I know he's merciful. I know he's done so much good for me, but I'm uncomfortable talking about it. I'm uncomfortable. I, you know, I, I don't want to get too involved with people and, and somehow I don't want to, you know, sometimes we say, I don't want to force my faith on anyone else. You know, I understand you hear that a lot, but I believe God wants us to be willing to share our stories. I believe God wants us to reflect faith in every part of our life. I think it does matter. And I'll just use the dynamic of even what we do in, in some of the elements of corporate worship. I think it does matter whether or not our worship reflects faith and our prayer reflects faith. I do believe it matters that when we're involved in something at work or in a situation in our own lives, and we've got people around us, they're watching us and they see how we respond. I'm not telling them you I'm not telling you you have to be fake and, and never have a hurt, never have a disappointment, but somehow keep in mind I can witness right now by how I respond to this difficult situation. If I reveal faith, my faith is going to influence somebody else. Happens every time. That's why someone comes to you and says, I don't know how you're keeping it together through all of these challenges. That's when you say, i got to tell you, it's not me, but I know Jesus Christ, and he's blessed me, and he's helped me, and he's given me strength, and he's helped me to know he loves me, and I'm trusting him. 
That's, I mean, it's an honor, and I don't mean that to become filled with spiritual pride, but it's an honor when someone comes and says, listen, I just I need to know what's different about you. Why is it that you seem to have a confidence and a boldness? What you're doing is you're showing the world, my faith is in God. My faith is in his word. My faith is in his promises, and we have to reveal our faith. Amen. And the alternative is to have a form of godliness and deny the power thereof. The challenge, and we've all had to do this, is when you're sick, to go pray for somebody that's sick and believe God will heal them, knowing that I just prayed for myself and I still have the symptoms. But your faith is not in yourself. Your faith is in God. The challenge is when, when you're concerned and when you're carrying a heavy load and you feel like, man, I just don't know how this is going to work out. I don't know how this is going to open up. and I'm just not sure how these doors would ever open. But you encounter somebody that needs doors to open and you just begin to pray a prayer of faith because you realize it's really not about my power or my ability. God is who his word says he is, who I know him to be. I'm going to pray a prayer of faith. I'm going to still keep believing God for myself, believing God that he's going to answer, but I'm going to also let my faith flow in such a manner that I am now a witness to other people. They are looking into my life and they're saying that person must truly believe that God is alive and God is real because I see it in their prayer. I see it in their worship. I see it in their lifestyle. I see it in the way they handle difficulty and trials. Even when you're suffering, you can demonstrate faith in God. It's amazing because we've even had people that have said, and, and I, I don't know if you would feel this way. I don't know if I would feel this way. I've encountered people in the hospital that said, I believe I'm here because God wants me to impact somebody in this hospital. And they're in the hospital bed. But that's the way they view their circumstance. I know I'm sick. I know I have a disease. I know if God doesn't intervene, I'm not going to make it but I believe I'm here so that my witness can impact somebody else. That's faith. The alternative is to be faithless and to say, oh, how did God manage to forget me? You know what I would do? I would say, well, I'm a twin, and he obviously blessed the wrong one. <laughs> That's where you go if you want to just think of stuff and get your imagination running wild. Well, he blessed sister so-and-so. My goodness, I, I have been aware of circumstances where, in, in fact, it was in my brother's congregation, in the same hospital, in the same wing, in this room, the only thing separating them was a wall. Two ladies lived for God many years, both dealing with cancer and other circumstances. The only thing separating them was a wall. Same God, same church, same pastor, same prayer warriors, one healed miraculously, one taken. Well, what are you going to do with that? Say, well, see, I know the Bible says he's no respecter of persons, but look here. The only thing I can tell you is what the husband of the one that passed away said the very next Sunday in church. He got to the microphone. He said, Pastor, can I just testify? He said, I want this church to know my wife passed away, but God is a healer. Does that make you happy? 
Does that inspire you? I'm not saying the loss or the, 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 the hurt of another family, but does that inspire you that someone could step up and say, I know I lost my loved one, but God is a healer. I want you to know we can reflect faith. I'm just as guilty sometimes as you. A blessing comes through, a miracle comes through, and we're just bouncing off the walls. Oh, what a mighty God. He made a way for me. He provided miraculously. But can you still demonstrate faith when the miracle is not coming? Because you still believe he is still who the word says he is. Amen. Have faith in God. Too many times we are so ready to witness when the miracle happens, when the victory has come. But on the way, we are so beset with the emotions of fear and doubt and confusion. We have one job. Remain Faithful to God. Have faith in God. One way to say it might be this way. Keep believing. Keep believing. No matter what it looks like, keep believing. No matter what it feels like, keep believing. No matter what you're going through, keep believing. Too often we're saying to God, God, if you'll do this, then I'll do this. God, if you'll answer, then I'm going to serve you. God, if you'll make a way over here, then you can count on me. I'll give. I'll pray. I'll serve. And God does not operate that way. God says to you, if you'll believe me, I'll provide. If you'll trust me, I'll answer. If you'll let me order your steps, I will do for you what man cannot do. And you will stop dictating terms to God and just say, God, I'll obey you no matter what happens. I'll obey you no matter what it feels like. I'll obey you no matter what's going on. I'll obey you even when I cannot see because I have faith. And you cannot separate faith. From obedience. Psalm 37 and 3. Trust in the Lord and do good. So shalt thou dwell in the land, and verily thou shalt be fed. Delight thyself also in the Lord, and he shall give thee the desires of thine heart. Commit thy way unto the Lord. Trust also in him. And he shall bring it to pass. And he shall bring forth thy righteousness as the light and thy judgment as the noonday. The issue is an issue of trust. Even though we have seen God work before, it's hard to trust him now. But we must trust him. We must commit our way to him. We must believe that God will do what he promised because we will only make it by faith. Hebrews chapter 11. I want to just slide this in here. I heard a message recently that, that was amazing to me in terms of how it puts some of this in context. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 23, talking about Moses. By faith, Moses, when he was born, was hid three months of his parents because they saw he was a proper child. They were not afraid of the king's commandment. By faith, Moses, when he was come to years, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to suffer affliction with people of God than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season, esteeming the reproach of Christ greater riches than the treasures in Egypt. For he had respect under the recompense of the reward. By faith he forsook Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the king, for he endured as seeing him who is invisible. Through faith he kept the Passover and the sprinkling of the blood, lest he that destroyed the firstborn, should touch them. By faith they passed through the Red Sea as by dry land, which the Egyptians, saying to do, were drowned. And the, the message I heard in 
talked about Moses. And, and this was the simple part that I grabbed from it that was so encouraging. We can read what I just read and see where Moses had faith to refuse things that he needed to refuse to experience the power of God. He knew when to say no. He had faith enough to choose the right things. He knew when to choose the will and the purpose of God. He esteemed the right things. He knew that, that there were some things that were more valuable than other things. and He knew how to forsake because of his faith. and He knew how to reject Egypt and he knew how to move forward even when he was thinking about his own inadequacy and not really sure about how God could use him. He still persevered and, and those are things that we could read from that text and understand how faith was operating in the life of Moses. But what I heard recently that got my attention was simply this question, where did Moses get his faith from? And this was the, the simple point. The man said, listen, he grew up in Egypt. He understood Egypt's customs. Everything about his life was framed by Egypt. In fact, Egypt gave him his name. It was Pharaoh's daughter that gave him the name Moses. And so everything about his life had been conditioned by Egypt, if you will, by the outside world, by the secular society, by the non-believing culture. That's how he knew everything, all of his programming, except in his earliest years, his mom was allowed to come in unbeknownst to, to that Pharaoh's daughter who she was she was allowed to come in and begin to nurture him and the message said this he received his name his identity from Egypt but he received his nurture from a woman of faith who was his mom and even though that was just a brief signal a brief period in his life as he got older that nurturing of faith that nurturing of confidence in God began to surface so he could make all those decisions that we just talked about. What are you saying? I'm saying listen, I think it matters what we train our children to be. I think it matters what we example before those that are even the youngest. They're in a classroom right now and they're hearing and listening and enjoying their time but I think it matters what they see in us. It matters if they see faith in us. Don't wait till they're 10, 12, 15, 18. I'm begging you. I hope those that listen to the audio file will listen to my heart. Do you not understand? They need to see you pray when they're two years old and 18 months and three years old and four years old. They need to see your passion for God and your heart for worship because if you'll let them know in those early years, maybe they will stray, but somewhere in their heart that planted seed of faith will produce. I heard a story not too long ago about a man who had been a preacher's kid in a home and he had become so disenchanted with the church, etc., etc. These things happened. He had been gone away for 50 years, but in his 70s, he repented of his sins. He was renewed in the Holy Ghost because that faith never left him. It matters if we're living and walking and moving and operating by faith. It matters. And so we must learn to put our trust in God. Proverbs 3 and 5, trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not to thine own understanding. Don't borrow the spirits of this age, this culture that 
Try to weaken your faith. Uh, keep your trust in God. Uh, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, put your trust in God. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? Put your trust in in God. Psalm 37 and 5. Commit thy way unto the Lord. Trust also in him and he shall bring it to pass. Trust God. Have enough faith that you can say, I don't even know how he's going to do it, but I trust him. I have confidence in his word and his purpose. It will be fulfilled in my life. I want to give you one more example from Acts chapter 13 verse 22. And 23, Acts chapter 13, 22, and 23. The Bible gives us a little view here of the transition from Saul to David. The Bible says in Acts 13, 22, and when he had removed him, he raised him, raised up unto them David to be their king. So this is Saul being removed and David being given the opportunity to be king, to whom also he gave testimony and said, I have found David, the son of Jesse, a man after my own heart, which shall, shall fulfill all my will. Of this man's seed hath God, according to his promise, raised unto Israel a Savior, Jesus. So even though God, he, he did not want to give them a king. They wanted a king, and he told Samuel, you know, this desire for a king, they're not rejecting you, they're rejecting me. But because they wanted a king, God chose Saul. God gave them a king. And there were some things that began to happen. For a little while, Saul was able to function. He was able to honor God. He was able to obey. And then Saul began to navigate life. There was a little disobedience here, a little modification of the word of God here. And then on and on and on and on. And when you look at Saul's life, he starts losing the ability to trust God enough to obey God. And God says, and this is the way the New Testament writer says it, I found David, the son of Jesse, a man after my own heart, which shall fulfill all my will. Because God says, I'm still looking for somebody who will just do what I want them to do. Trust me enough to obey me. Trust me enough to follow me. What's in David's heart? 1 Samuel 17 and 37. David said, moreover, the Lord that delivered me out of the paw of the lion and out of the paw of the bear, he will deliver me out of the hand of this Philistine. Saul said unto David, go, and the Lord be with thee. And you begin to look at his life, even with his missteps and even with mistakes and even with errors in judgment, still he keeps rising back into a mode of trusting God and being faithful to him and honoring his word. I think I said to you last time, if you've struggled, just let your next step be a step of faith. If you've had a rough time and you've really become weak and you've made some bad choices, let your next step be a step of faith and it will surface. What's in your heart will surface and your willingness to obey God will position you so you can experience his promises. When you look at the Old Testament people, what God chided them for in Hebrews was their unbelief. And so I speak to you and just ask you to say with me to the Lord, I believe, but help my unbelief. I believe, but help me to trust you more. I believe, but give me the the, the faith that I need to do your will in every part of my life. Because if you'll follow him, you'll receive and experience his promises. If you believe that, would you say amen? And would you stand with me?
Thank you, Jesus.